Hey, before we jump in today, I want to give you some encouraging developments that we have happening here at the Orchard. First of all, I just want to say thank you once again to all of you who made the Orchard a part of your 2020. You know, when, when COVID first hit, I, I was so uncertain and concerned about what would happen here. But God wasn't concerned. He decided that 2020 would be his year to accomplish more in this church than in any year prior. We reached more people. We gave away more resources. We, we saw incredible life change, a huge influx of people who call the Orchard home in 2020. And you, have, you may have noticed in some of the announcements before the service, I mean, we have, we have people from both coasts and in between saying that they are a part of the orchard, that, that this Rocky Mountain message of love God and love people is spread across America. And one of the coolest things I hear is from, from those people, I and mean, you might be one of them who call the orchard home now, who can't wait to the first time you get to fly in and visit your church. It's so cool. You know, God has, has extended, expanded the orchard beyond these walls, beyond the region, and beyond our state. And I want to say thank you. Thank you to each of you who at some point you forwarded a message that you heard or you invited a family or a friend to come watch it with you because here's the reality. Many of those invitations turned into salvations. So thank you. Thank you for spreading this message of love God and love people and Jesus above all things to your friends and your family. I also want to thank each of you who, who partnered with The Orchard in 2020. Obviously, there was a concern about how we would continue our, our operations, and you know, finances, and, and foreign missionaries, and local ministries that we have, and, and bringing life as a church amidst a pandemic. But I'm happy and humbled to tell you that 2020 was our greatest season the Orchard has ever had in its 30-year history. The generosity of, of people like you allowed us to do some things that we have never been able to do before. And, and support people in a new way through COVID. And, and here's the best part. As a church, we are now primed and set up for some huge opportunities that God is revealing and rolling out in the next year. So needless to say, we don't just want to be the, the people who speak love God and love people. We want to give it. And we want to live it. And we want to provide it for those who need. And so, so from me and my heart, from me as your lead pastor, thank you so much for your generosity, and for your heart, for your church. And, and I want you to know something, that, that as you partnered with us through that season, through this season, all those lives that were changed, the meals that were given, the, the funds that were provided, the, the rent that was paid, the gifts that were given, the food that was, that was handed out, the, the prayers of salvation, and the prodigals that came back to God, all of those things that God accomplished in 2020, you were a part of it all. Like you were a part of that. You partnered with us in a vital way. And I'm, I'm so grateful. And I'm so excited to see where God takes us this coming year as, as we continue to walk in his favor. And, and ask him, God, where are you going to take us? And where are you going to take this message in 2021? And so despite all that went wrong in 2020, God did amazing and miraculous work. And you were a part of it. That's the reality. And let's continue to invite our friends. Let's continue to, to forward messages. Let's continue to grow this movement of God even larger in this coming year. Because the, the reality is we, we want to see God's redemption. We want to see God's salvation. We want to see life change impact the world around us. The other thing I want to I open up to you today is, 
is there's a very tangible need in our nation right now and a very tangible need in our church and in your life. It's this need for real and authentic community. The need to have other Jesus-following believers speak truth into our life and, and to hear our stories and to know us and to be known. And here at the Orchard, growth groups are our small group ministry. And usually it's a slam dunk. I mean, we talk about growth groups and, and you sign up and we put you in a group and, and community happens. But as we're going through COVID, we've got some hurdles to overcome. But our growth group leader, Cheryl Westfall, she is competent, she's capable, and she's creative. And her and her team are providing growth groups in a way that navigates through this COVID season while still providing authentic friendships and real community. So here's the reality. Wherever you live, wherever it is, if you're part of the orchard, I want you to be in a growth group. It's, it's, it's the primary ministry of this church. And if you're one of the orchard members who, who lives out of town or out of state, or, or if you're somebody who, who doesn't yet feel comfortable gathering with others, totally okay. But know this, we are providing virtual small groups for you. And, and here's the reality. I know I know virtual small groups, it's not the best, it's not ideal, but we've learned it's better than, than none. You can get to know a group of people and someday get to meet with them and hug them. Growth groups are a huge part of what we do here at the Orchard. It's most important during this season than any other. And so I want you to right now, whatever you're doing, pull out your phone, if you're on your computer, take a chance, step out in faith and email growthgroups at theorchardlife.com. It'll be on the screen, growthgroups at theorchardlife.com. Email and say, I'm interested, and Cheryl and her team will get it set up for you. Now, today's message. It's, it's an easy one to preach, but it's, it's not an easy one to apply. I do think the challenge of, of today's message is that it's one that can set the course for your 2021. I believe that if we don't adjust to the truth of what God has for us today, we'll end up with another calendar year gone by, just being full of frustration and distracted more than ever. And here's why. Because 2020 was a year that brought us outside circumstances that kicked and screamed and threw fits. And it was a truly and wild and dangerous storm that, that hit us over the past 365 days. A storm of, of pandemic and protest and politics and a tempest of media and, and fear-mongering and solicitation of fear and frustration. And truly, 2020, if it was a boat ride, we would be holding on to the masts, grabbing our life preserver. But we've learned some things. We've learned some things in the past two weeks, haven't we? What have we learned? <laughs> we've learned that just because the calendar year has changed, it doesn't mean our world has changed. Like, we've learned this, haven't we? It means our, our frustrations didn't disappear. It means our fears didn't just depart because January 1st hit. Just because the calendar year changed doesn't mean our character changed. We've already learned that 2021 wasn't the magic pill to return us back to, quote, normal. So with that said, with the storms of last year behind us and the tempest of 2021 forming ahead of us, what do we need to prepare inside of us to face whatever this coming year brings? Well, I'm glad you asked that because that's what we're going to talk about today. You know, this series is called A Waco Sleeper, and today is on awaking from spiritual blindness. 
Awakening awakening to see God at work. Awakening to, to see God's peace when the world panics. Awakening to see God's power when the world pushes in. Awakening to see God's light in the midst of a dark season. Awakening to see God's opportunities in the midst of tragedies. And today we open our eyes to see that God is present, God is protecting, God is providing, and God is actively involved in our lives, even when things seem out of control. And so today, we need to awaken to see God, no matter what this year brings us. Because here's the bottom line. If you get nothing else, get this part. No matter the circumstances or the storm outside of you, if you can open your eyes to see Jesus, to find Jesus in the chaos, while the circumstances may not change, your experience will. Seeing God in the storm brings peace to your heart. Seeing God in the battle brings power to your soul. Seeing God in the chaos, it brings order to your life. And therefore, in any storm, battle, or chaotic season, open your eyes and look to God. Today we're talking about blindness. And part of blindness is perspective. Where we're looking. You see, perspective has a lot to do. It's, it's, it's where you choose to keep your heart, your mind, and your eyes focused. That's your perspective. And the question is, uh, where do you look when the storms and the chaos of life hits? Like, like where do you look when the trial, well, what's next, hits us from 2021? Because if your gaze focuses... If our gaze focuses on the hardship, on the worst case scenario, on the what ifs or the, or the what could be, there will be no peace. We'll feel no peace. We'll feel the chaos within us and the anxiety that results. But if in that storm, we can steady our gaze on the God of peace, well, that changes everything. There are people we know who are going through hell and yet cling to heaven. And you can see that it makes all the difference in their life. And for you today, you, you have an opportunity in the coming storms. Where will you look? Where will you look to in the midst of what ifs and chaos? Will you look to, will you look to the hardship or will you look for God? And so today, we're going to find out that where you look in the chaos changes everything. We're going to go to Matthew 14. Jesus, he tells his disciples to get in the boat and go to the other, other side of the sea. And he does not go with them. So they find themselves, these, these 12 young men, in the, in the middle of the sea, trying to get across to the other side. Now, they're, they're, they're fishermen. They're used to boats, some of them. But they're not used to being in the open sea. They're more coastal fishermen. And the winds pick up and the waves begin swelling. Now, remember, this is Matthew 14. They're in the middle of a rocky sea in a boat. Now, previously in Matthew 8, we have talked about how these same young men had been in the same kind of boat in the same part of the, of the sea, and the same kind of storm came against them. But there was one big difference. Back then in Matthew 8, Jesus was asleep in the boat. Jesus was in the boat with them, and he woke up, and he calmed the storm, and they were amazed. And so here they are again in the same kind of boat, storm picking up. There's one big difference. Jesus wasn't with them. He wasn't in the boat. They're anchorless. They're leaderless. They're frightened. They're afraid. Just like us, they have real chaos, real chaos going on around them. 
Just like us, they prefer a smooth ride, a a smooth transition to a new year where they can see the destination and kind of know what's coming next. But but they didn't have that. Like us, they didn't know what was next. They find themselves in, in circumstantial turmoil, not knowing when or even if things would get back to normal. Matthew 8, Jesus stood up and calmed the water, but, but here in Matthew 14, something much different happens because the followers of Jesus, while they're in the boat and starting to panic, they see a figure walking on the water toward them. You may have heard this. And if things weren't bad enough out in the middle of the ocean in a storm, now they believe ghosts are coming for them. But the figure speaks. It says, take courage. It's me. Don't be afraid. And Peter, whose, whose heart is, is far bigger than his head, says, if it's you, tell me to come out there on the water. And Jesus said, come. And so Peter, he locked eyes with Jesus. His hands were trembling from the cold and the storm. He grips the side of the swaying boat. And he, he gingerly steps out over the side, over the, over the boat, onto the waves with one foot. And then another foot, And and miracle of miracles, Peter is focused on the face of Jesus. He's focused in on the face of Jesus while standing on the surface of the water with a storm and chaos circling around him. I I would imagine that that Peter in that moment saw a small smile break out on Jesus' face as Jesus watched Peter's faith in action. And I bet Peter had a smile on his face as well. He took some steps. I mean, just could you imagine marveling at the, the impossibility of what was happening? He was able to peacefully walk in a storm while the others were shaken in chaos. But then it says that Peter got distracted and saw the strength of the the wind. Did you catch that? He's doing the impossible by the strength of God. But his circumstances were so chaotic that he focused on the strength of the storm around him. He took his eyes off Jesus and, and began to, to look around at the, at the madness of the squall. He saw the waves, dangerous. He saw the wind blowing around him. At some point, he looked down and saw, I'm walking on water. What am I doing here? He took his, he took his eyes off Jesus and he put his eyes on the chaos. And what happened then? He sank. He sank into the water, into the chaos, and he cried out, God, save me! Immediately, a hand caught him and pulled him up. There's a few applications here. First of all, if you're looking to God, even in the midst of of chaos and disorder, you can walk in peace. You can walk in God's power. There's a group of us listening today who have gone through this past season, and we've taken our eyes off God, and instead, we've looked to the strength of the wind and the wave. We've looked to the strength of the chaos, It's been so loud, the confusion, the disorder. We have a news cycle that that isn't designed to bring us comfort. And so for many of us, our eyes have been glued onto something that's designed to make us feel uncertain. We have real events going on right now in our nation that don't bring us a sense of security or peace. For many of us, our eyes are focused on the strength of the wind and the chaos and the hot air that's blowing in our country. And I remember, I remember, I remember a time, it was history gone by, when social media was, was used for posting pictures of your workout or like your food. But no longer, now, apparently now it's for denigrating and arguing with strangers. And, and here's, the, here's the bottom line. Many of us are waiting 
We're, we're waiting for the chaos around us, in our nation, in our communities, in, to, to subside, to just go away. And then, like, then we can finally get some peace in here. When there's peace out there, we can finally get some peace in here. We can finally go back to, what's the word? Normal. In the midst of a storm, in the midst of disorder, we focused on the wind and the waves and the chaos. And our only hope is that someday peace will come. I want to challenge you with this. I want to challenge you to awaken to a new reality. In any chaos, in any storm, instead of looking to the strength of the turmoil, look, look to Jesus. He is present. He's working. He is active. He's available. And he's close. He's near. And we learn from Peter that if we're looking at God in the chaos, we can rise above our experiences with the supernatural peace. In your life, in your family, in your fear, in our nation, in our chaos, you can look to the storm or you can look to the Savior. One's going to bring you comfort and peace, and the other's going to bring you panic and confusion and chaos and uncertainty. I want to talk to a second group of people about this, this story of Peter for a second. You see, it was when Peter was in the water, when he was in the water, in the chaos, he simply cried out, God save me. And immediately Jesus reached down and saved him. And today, many of you have been listening. You've been along with us, or maybe this is your first time, but, but you've never cried out to Jesus from your heart, save me. You've never taken that step to give your life to him. The Bible, Jesus calls it being born again. It's when your spirit comes alive spiritually and you are born new within. He gives you a new life. He saves you to eternal life. He brings you from spiritual death to spiritual life. He opens our eyes so we can see spiritually. So throughout not just the past year, but, but I would bet in your life, you've seen some good times. You've had your hard times. I know that you had a, you've had a unique spiritual journey. And wherever that journey has taken you through all your phases and all your, your moments and summits and valleys, it led you here today. It led you to this moment. And in this moment, God's spirit is calling you to cry out to God, to cry out to Jesus like Peter did. God save me. To say, Jesus, I need you. To know that Jesus died on the cross and rose again and that he offers you a hand in salvation. And like Peter, all you have to do is cry out. If you're here today, you've been brought to this moment and you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to take that step and say, Jesus, I need you. God save me. I want you to pray this prayer with me. I, I really do. I want you to repeat this prayer right now, wherever you are. Say this. Jesus, I need you. God, save me. I know you died and rose again. And I give you my life. Spirit, I invite you to fill me right now. Jesus, save me. Amen. And if you prayed that with me today, I want you to join countless of others, others who, have, who have also prayed that and, and emailed me. I want to hear from you. So if you would email us, we want to send you some resources to connect with you. You can email us at connect at theorchardlife.com. 
And I'm so happy and proud of the decision that you have decided to make today. It's going to change everything. There's another account in the Bible that I believe applies to this spiritual blindness that I want to end with. But full disclosure, in, in the midst of working on this, God changed the direction as I was in the middle of it. And so while I'm going to touch on some of these next verses today, the full revelation of what is from this section of Scripture is, is going to come next week. So two things. One, there's a lot here for today I want us to see. And also next week, I'm already excited about next week. These verses are in 2 Kings chapter 6. And they reveal that sometimes we get so consumed with the world around us that's threatening us that we miss what God's doing entirely. So 2 Kings 6, 13 through 17, let me set this up. It's deep in the Old Testament when, when, when wars were raging and nations were in turmoil. Nothing like today, right? And God spoke through his prophet. The prophet's name was Elisha. And we have a king of Aram, and he's declared war on God's people, Elisha. The king tells his soldiers, he says this in verse 13, go and find out where Elisha is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back, Elisha is at Dotham. So one night, the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. And when Elisha's servant got up the next morning, he went outside and there were the troops and the horses and the chariots everywhere. And he said, oh no, what do we do now? The young servant cried out to Elisha, oh no, what do we do now? And he's looking out on the surrounding chaos, this threat. The enemy king sent horses and chariots and a strong army to attack Elisha. Elisha's servant gets up and he just sees the attacking force. What are we going to do now? You know, I've seen turmoil unfold in our nation and I've said this very thing recently. What are we going to do now? And you see, there are times, and this is one of them, where the chaos around us is probably greater than we imagined. Life brings us circumstance upon circumstance upon circumstance. You add in national stuff, you add in personal stuff, you know, marital, relational. Add in all these circumstances. And maybe you, perhaps you have, have, have echoed this servant in the past day or week or month or, or year. Oh no, like, what do we do now? What do we do with this? The prophet Elisha, Elisha he's, he's standing there next to the servant. He hears his question. And he responds differently. You see, the servant cries out, oh no, what do we do now? And listen to how Elisha, God's, God's prophet, responds. 2 Kings six sixteen, He says, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Can you imagine this being the servant? The servant? The, this old prophet says that the us is greater than the them. The servant, he looks out on the vast army, all the chariots and horses and soldiers. That's the them the prophet's referring to. And then he looks back at himself and the old prophet standing there on this balcony. That's the us being referred to. You see, the servant couldn't see God. All he saw was the threat. All he saw was the turmoil. All he saw was the storm. All he saw was the chaos. All he saw was the obvious. And it was tragic. And it was hopeless. But look what happens next in verse 17. Elisha the prophet prayed, Lord, open my servant's eyes so that he can see. Open his eyes so he can see. Apparently the, the servant, while his, his earthly vision was 20-20, 
wasn't seeing correctly. Then Elisha the prophet prayed, Lord, open my servant's eyes so he can see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. A heavenly force, God's force, God on the, God on the move. You see, while circumstances around you may be, may be, may be chaos, there's a spiritual reality that transcends any trial you have in this life. We are spiritually nearsighted, seeing only the problems in front of us without looking up to see the promise above us. You see, like Peter on the water, we begin to see the things that threaten us. We lose sight of the one that we're looking to, the one who protects us. Elisha's servant could only see his earthly circumstances, not the spiritual reality. And here are three spiritual realities that, that we have in God in any chaos, in any storm. Three spiritual realities we have in God. A promised presence that God is with you. A promised land that God is leading you to a better future. And a promised power that God is strengthening you for your destiny. A promised presence to a promised land with a promised power. But here's the rub. You see, if we're nearsighted, if we keep our, our focus on our problems, on our issues, on our chaos and our storms, we grow faint. We give up. We sink. We despair. We give in. We wonder where our faith is. We wonder where God is. We sh Listen, we need, we need to stop declaring the power of our problems and start declaring the power of his promises. Stop declaring the power of our problems around us and start declaring the power of his promises above us. You see, we have a choice in the chaos. We can focus on our problems or we can focus on God's promises. And the reality is this. In the midst of what we're facing, your problems will always cast your eyes down nearsightedly. Your problems will always cast your soul down, bringing despair, bringing anxiety. Look up to the promises of God and know that despite the problem, there's a promised land. There's a promised presence with you. And there's a promised power that God is with you now and tomorrow and into eternity. You see, your, your spiritual perspective determines your present power. Your focus fixes where your faith is going to be. Like Peter, we, we can focus on the strength of the storm and we'll sink. Like the servant, we can focus on the chaos surrounding us and we'll despair. But in both instances, there was a place to lift their eyes to know that the day was not lost. To know that the future is not out of God's control. To know that the chaos does not get the last word in your life. And no matter what comes against you, you can look to God and be resourced by his peace, with his power, and with his purpose. You can walk through chaos with peace. You can look up and see that God is not only positioned for victory, but that his power is poised to be with you. He is with you in his presence. The Bible declares in 1 John 4, 4, it says this, you belong to God. You have already won a victory because the one who lives in you is greater than the one who lives in the world. 
So open your eyes to the spiritual reality that God's not like walking around heaven like, oh no, what do I do? How, have you seen what mess they've made? I, have, I, don't, I wonder how this is gonna turn out. God's on the throne. He's positioned for victory. He's powerful beyond any circumstance in our life. And he wants you to look up above the chaos to see his promised presence. A promised presence that God is with you. A promised land that God is leading you to a better future. And a promised power that God is strengthening you for your destiny. That he's always with you. That he's guiding you. At this, it, it, listen, it's time to lift our eyes up from our problems to our promises. Because the truth of the matter is, we have work to do. This is the reason why we have work to do. There's a world that needs salvation. You, you, there's people that you love, family, coworkers, friends, that need to cry out, God save me, like Peter, and reach for salvation, and they ask God for salvation. You know people who are so consumed with fear or frustration that they need the peace of God, like the servant of Elisha. And here's the reality. When we're looking up to God and his promises, we carry this with us. When we look to him, when we lift our eyes to his promises, we carry peace and power and purpose. And that's what the world's looking for. We can offer it to the people around us who are consumed with uncertainty based on chaos, based on storm. So lift your eyes. In any circumstance, cry out, where are you, God? If you're in a circumstance that seems hopeless in prayer, cry out, where are you, God? And look for him. In the midst of a storm like Peter, look for Jesus, find his face. He's at work. He's making a way for you. He's drawing others to himself during this time like never before. He's at work. He's active. So lift your eyes. Don't be consumed by the chaos. Stop being a consumer of the problems in our world because his promise is greater. His presence is grander than anything anything we will face. So, deep breath. And I want you to say this with me as the word comes up. Say this with me. God, I raise my eyes from the chaos. God, open my eyes to see you at work. I belong to you. I have already won victory because the one who lives in me is greater than the one who is in the world. Hold on to the promise of God. Look for his presence and know that his purposes are being actively moved forward. So lift your eyes and fix your gaze. Orchard, take hope today. Amidst the chaos, look up, find Jesus. I love you, love God, love people. I'll see you next week.